Hey, this is TJ. And I'm your girl, Tree. And we played outside. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode we have of We Played Outside. This is your girl, TJ. And I'm your girl, Tree. And this episode is... uh, it's going to be a little different. We're going to take you down a journey. There's going to be stories involved, and there's just going to be a overall, uh, I don't know. And we'll just, just let you hear the story. We are in an undisclosed location, and they, the names that will be used are fictional, unless you want to come up with your own interpretation with the names, but they are fictional, except for T-Day and Tree. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's, us. that's definitely us. All right. But today we're going to be interviewing uh, someone named Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi, everybody. (laughs) And Kim is going to talk about some experiences she's had. And overall, we're going to talk about uh, narcissists. Mm. Okay, so we were talking about the fact that this term has gotten popular in the last year or two because i had never heard of a narcissist kim why don't you open us up and like kind of give us your description of a narcissist because i promise you i had never heard of it before so the first thing that i think all of us want to do is just start with this disclaimer that everything being discussed today is it's real life y'all and it's experiences that need to be talked about need to be shared however you choose to interpret, okay? It is not coming from a place of the, um, the book on uh, disorders. Nobody here is a psychiatrist. We are- no, none of us, none of us are doctors. None of us, you know I'm not a doctor, but I can doctor up some shit if you want me to. Here, here we go, all right, all right, all right. We're gonna, we're gonna try not to go left with the episode, but continue on, Kim. So again, nobody is coming from a um, scientific professional labeling standpoint. However, um, you be the judge because real life gets messy. And sometimes when you have mess, it becomes your message. That's why we're here today. Okay. Whoa. Hold up. Can you just say what you just said? Your mess becomes your message. And sometimes people just got to talk about it because somebody out there, like one of y'all listening right now, might need to really hear this. And if it helps one of you, then I feel very good about being a guest here today. Mm. All right. Mm. I got chills with that one. Yeah. All right. Mm. Before before Kim gets into it a little bit more, Tree, did you have any... Any, uh, I'm, I'm, ready for, I'm ready for Kim to go on ahead and run this race because literally I'm on pins and needles right now. So TJ and Tree, they set it off, right? Narcissism. Narcissist. What is it? Well, since we don't want to get so professional, let's say excessive takers. It's easier. Excessive takers. It's easier, right? I and like so, that. And so what are we talking about here? We're talking about personalities that take and take and take and don't seem to give. Now, everybody needs to understand excessive taking, there's a spectrum. Not everything is a personality disorder. However, if you go to Google and you type in some of these buzzwords, you may find that there are about nine 
traits that one can have that would label them an excessive taker? Mm. Legitimately, right? Mm. Now, keep in mind a lot of excessive takers, they know the difference between right and wrong, but they might not see things the same way a logical person sees them. So they might have no idea what they got going on, okay? Keep going. I want to write that down, excessive takers. And that's why we're staying away from the labeling. Okay. So it's probably important for me to start with my story. Yes. And then I will be able to better identify what I have learned. Okay. So I have been married for over 12 years and with this person for over 13 years. And in the beginning, y'all, it was like God done sent me a little goodie bag take home from a party package just for me. Just for me. It had my name on it, K-I-M in big letters. It came in my favorite color. It was my favorite flavor. And it did all the things that I wanted. So, for the excessive takers, and then for those of y'all taking notes, that's called love bombing. Stay with me. Okay, so in the beginning, everything was perfect. Everything was what I needed. I, for the first time in my life, felt like every other relationship I had ever had was fake. This person validated me. This person made me feel like anything in the world that I did or said was either the cutest thing ever or totally normal or this was my ride or die. And when I met this person from day one, they rolled up on me like, you gonna be my wife. Mm. And I was like, normally I'd get a restraining order, right? But for some reason, unbeknownst to me, I flowed. Mm. And so that person told me very aggressively day one, I'm gonna give you one year, I'm gonna propose, you better believe one year. That person proposed. Wow. I said yes. And a few months later, we were married. We had an amazing wedding. But something happened. When we started planning that wedding is when we started arguing. Oh. So wait, because it almost seems like it was like a fairy tale, a fairy like a story. Tale. It was like a story. So it's like no a movie. Um, were there, in that, within were, there that were there red flags or did I identify them? There were red flags. Oh. Okay. And I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So okay. Okay. everything in the beginning was amazing. I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I couldn't even bend over. I'll let the audience go with that. I couldn't even sit down without foot rubs. I was like, I remember having to tell this person like, chill, let me do something for myself, right? So a couple of years in, everything is somewhat okay. But then things start to change. So for those of you taking notes, this is what happens, the devaluing stage. First you got the love bombing. Then what happens is things start getting taken away and you start getting devalued. So little by little, the foot rub stopped. The bending over became a safe space. The things started to get 
irritating. I was irritating. Um, I was controlling. I asked too many questions. Meanwhile, my husband had such a long leash, it might as well have been an electric fence. There was nothing. There was nothing. I didn't do anything because in the beginning, I had so much, so much validation and security that I'm going to tell you now and I'm going to get ahead with the story because I can go a long time with a story (laughs) when I tell y'all up until the minute I had no idea what I'm about to share with y'all okay oh my gosh devaluing goes on for a few more years and it was rough it was a it was just a lot of what i thought was normal a lot of bickering a lot of complaining both sides me too me too okay um i have um i i have you know there's kids in it yeah yeah there's there's an x factor y'all know what that means yes and when i met this amazing person from the lord above (laughs) The story that I was given was how mistreated he was. And I very quickly... Oh, he was a victim. I very quickly became a pit bull. Oh. Nobody, nobody was going to mess with my man. And I supported that. And I believed the narrative of... Keep, keep notes, people. I believed the narrative of how crazy the ex-wife was. I literally have been that. Okay. Yes, and it's literally fascinating because they will make you sound crazy. So, the life that we build together with kids, even with the X Factor, I'm gonna tell you right now on its face, was so solid and so beautiful and so secure. And I did such a good job as a wife and as a stepmom and as a support system. And he appeared to be doing a great job as a dad and as a husband. But I started getting frustrated and I began to start doing my research. So here's where things spin, okay? Everything's going well for a while except for your normal bickering. Okay. I'm going to speed it up a little bit just for the sake of our time. And I'm going to say around few months ago oh we sped it up quite a lot a few months ago so fast forward a couple of years now a couple, couple years a few months ago okay he starts acting really weird out of nowhere y'all that are taking notes need to understand it happens like that those of you that are listening to me right now that are listening to my story that have ever thought for one second how did this happen? Oh my God, I'm crazy. How did I not see this? Did you not say to me, Tree? What about those red flags? Because we don't see it. And I'll explain why in a minute. So he started to act weird. Weirder than normal. Okay. He, um, it happened right after one of my kids went to college. Okay. Okay. And I thought it was a midlife crisis. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a, it would be normal. Yeah, I would think I would think that would be normal. Reasonable, logical to think like. that it was yeah. a midlife crisis. So, I am kind of an aggressor when it comes to communication. Okay, I've always like been the leader in my family. So I'm like, sit down, let's talk about this. What is going on with you? And for, I, I'm what felt like the first time ever. This person looks me in my face and says, "I've been sitting in my car for six months crying." Afraid to come home after work. 
because I just don't know how you're going to act or what you're going to do. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but my response was bullshit. It just came out. I was like, what? Bullshit. And then that became a huge issue. I can't believe that's how you reacted when I'm so vulnerable. Vulnerable. Listen to me. I did not understand what was happening. It happened that fast. What was going on? The only argument that we ever really had was that I wanted him to come home. He kept, he started staying out later and later. Now he has a lot of obligations, uh, allegedly. And he was more and more busy, more and more unavailable. And whenever I would communicate about my feelings, it became more and more of a problem. So when he started acting out like that in August, I took to research. And now I had already known about narcissism, a.k.a. excessive taking. I already knew about it. I have a history of knowledge with it. Okay. But I needed to get some up-to-date research to figure out what is going on with my man? What is going on in this house? I needed... This was scary, y'all. He started saying that he wanted a divorce. He started telling me that he felt like he was in his first marriage and then told me that I wasn't good enough to raise my stepchild because my stepchild already had a disrespectful mother and didn't need to. Now, see your Oh, my gosh. Y'all don't even know me like that. Could you imagine my shock when I just finished telling you how this perfect little take-home package was made just for me? It is confusing, y'all. Yeah, it okay? is. So I started doing my research. During that time, God was thrown at me a lot. I don't mean mm-hmm. I don't mean in a good way. I mean that my spouse was using the Lord against me in, oh. a, in a way to control me as a woman, in a way to be coercive, in a way to say, listen, I might as well have just washed his feet at the front door is pretty much where he was going. And, and this was a person, y'all got to understand, I always respected my husband. I always looked up to my husband. I always loved him. I always thought, man, he is just the cat's meow. That would be a cute little... (laughs) (laughs) Meow. That one. We gotta keep it light, y'all. So in any event, when he started coming at me in this way, I I took to research. I I took to Google. I took to TikTok. I took to Facebook. Social media. I'm looking at reels. I'm trying to... That's what we do now is you try to find stuff. Literally, I was looking for somebody. You were like, wait a minute. I think we can figure this out together. Because <laughs> that's, that's what we do. You go online, you dig up something, you put in your clues and try to find out the reason why. So I spent the time to communicate with my husband. I spent the time to listen to what he had to say. I, I tried to keep my mouth shut, which was very different for me. But I felt, I felt fear. I yeah, felt yeah. like I was losing a part of me and I didn't understand what was happening so I thought let me be still let me pay attention because maybe I'm missing something how long were, did that take like well, what was that time period like August September October November December brings us up to just a few weeks ago y'all this is like this is like news breaking <laughs> cutting edge hot off the press okay oh, oh gosh <laughs> 
I don't, I don't, I feel like, I feel like this is, I feel like this story is so true for so many people yeah. from different perspectives. Yeah. So I know you haven't finished your story. I'm thankful that you're willing to tell your story, yeah. but my gosh. Excessive takers are everywhere. I've had a whole, I have an army sheet of excessive takers. Yeah. I, I need to know more. Okay. So August got weird and we communicated. And from I want a divorce went, went to being on the phone with my parents, having a group conversation saying, I'm not going anywhere. I, I love this woman and, and, and I'm going to stay and we're going to work it out. This time in August, there were things that were being said like, I want to hurt myself. I'm not happy. I've never been happy. So Wait a minute. This Not from me, from him. Oh. So it was so out of character because he had never behaved this way that everybody was genuinely concerned. Now, it's important to also note the social media usage during this time. Now, there were posts being put on social media. I'm not okay. Trying to get attention. I want to make everybody aware that I am not friends with my spouse on social media because I got blocked quite some time ago for telling him that one of his posts were spelled incorrectly. Another sign. And he, and he blocked you because blocked. you told him that he misspelled a word. Blocked me. So, in any event... After the August fiasco, I spent more time. Well, let me just go ahead and keep it real. For those of you that are of a certain age group and higher, mm-hmm. I Donna readed the shit out of my house and I just <laughs> catered to my man. That is exactly what I did. Okay. Okay. So for those of you who have no idea what Donna Reed is, I basically was like that 1950s housewife that just yeah, yeah. cleaned and cooked and everything. did everything yeah. I could to try to build him up because I thought he was going through something y'all yeah now for those of you that are sitting in your cars rolling your eyes like this chick is so stupid there's something else that I did I started paying attention to my cell phone bill Uh oh here we go I started to pay attention to what he was doing all day with his time I started slowly but surely keeping my eyes open and some of you might say go ahead and say it yeah you damn right i started to dig little by little not right away first i started watching the cell phone usage and i realized this person is texting a lot when i say a lot now when you go back right your cell phone bill usually lets you go back about 18 months okay so this behavior was consistent and when i tell y'all and y'all could be the judge what do y'all think about anywhere from 3,000 to 6,000 text messages in a 30-day period? What do y'all think? Oh, I like, I like the reaction. I'm so... I wish you can see our expressions right now because that... Your face said it all. It was like, the fuck? Who? What? That's what your face just said. Makes no sense. So while all of this was going on, I want to make it very clear that I was completely transparent with my spouse. Okay. I was telling my spouse, what's up with your phone usage? Why so many text messages? So you were basically letting him know, hey. The whole time. Oh. The whole time. I am, I am like a window I'm so see-through. That is also part of the problem, people, when you're dealing with excessive takers. I'll get into that in a minute. So basically, 
fast forward to December. And I will tell you from August to December, it got so bad. When I tell you it got so bad, the day before Thanksgiving, this man done ripped a bottle out of my hand and attempted to hit me over the head with it. I cowered. I was scared. And you know why he did all that? Me either. All that happened was he said he needed to go meet somebody to go sell something. And I said, I put, I stuck my lip out and pouted. I said, why? it's 10 o'clock at night. Why are you going to leave? I'm here. The kids are here. It's the day before Thanksgiving. And from zero to 100, boom, and he exploded and went off on me, started talking about his ex-wife, started yelling at me, all within earshot of my child, right? This was not like him. Red flag. He lost it. Then he pulled a bottle out of my, out of my hand, claims he was going to pour the the bottle over my head to cool me down. I'm pretty sure it's still a battery, buddy. But anyway, but anyway, it was so out of character. So at this point, have you, this is the end of November. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now I'm writing phone numbers down. Now I'm like, okay, now we gone. I'm seeing the usage. Now I want to know what's going on from morning until night. This person is texting. So what I started doing over the next few weeks is I started taking one particular phone number, putting it in the search bar of the phone bill, and getting an actual idea of how many times that phone number was texted. And let me tell y'all, to be very clear, there was a lot of rules in my relationship, and having our own friends was definitely not one of them. Okay? Now, keep in mind, during this time, I still was not thinking infidelity or adultery at all. I was thinking other things. I even thought the, the, the dude had COVID. I even <laughs> thought maybe he had diabetes. Like maybe we needed to get him. Oh, I'm telling yeah, it was you. causing a chemical yes. imbalance. Oh, oh my because God. Because this is a God-fearing man. And I was like really confused why he was so mad at me. So then things started coming out. Now, for those of you taking notes, we've gone through love bombing. We've gone through devaluating. Now we're in discard, okay? Discarding phase happens quickly in the blink of an eye. You have no idea what hit you. It usually means that that person already has what's called another supply. Every single person in an excessive taker's life is a supply of some sort, whether it be their wife, their children, their their friends, their mistresses. And many excessive takers have sexual addictions, maybe chemical addictions, maybe gambling addictions. An excessive taker, and I'll go back a little bit here because I keep saying I'll tell you in a minute and I'm lying to you. Um, (laughs) An excessive taker, right? Or a narcissist, whatever you want to call it. It's a, first of all, there's a scale. Every single one of us can have these qualities. Every single one of us can have these personality qualities. But you got to understand an excessive taker or a narcissist, they have deep-seated personality disorder that usually, usually stems from some type of childhood trauma. So somewhere in the child's beginning, there was some type of traumatic event where they experienced abuse, neglect, abandonment. And from that early age, they crafted a way to cope. And so some of the traits of an excessive taker 
in the degree that we are talking about today yeah. would be a personality of entitlement, uh, grandiose. Ooh. These people usually target those that you have to be special or unique. Believe it or not, they really do target strong people, not weak people, because they use everybody as a mirror to reflect themselves. Now, when we're talking narcissism, you really have kind of two types. You have the overt narcissist that's just in your face aggressive. Ooh. You have a covert narcissist. They wear masks. This I've is been with the ones This with the is masks. the covert is Ooh. what my recent experience has been, but a covert narcissist will care more about their social media presence, will care more about what other people think of them, will act like they're helping people. I'm using air quotes, y'all can't see me. <laughs> will act like they're helping people, but really people like this, they don't help anybody to be genuine. They have ulterior motives. And they, um, they, can, be, they can be depressed. They can be bipolar. Uh, they can have alcohol dependency, drug dependency, sex dependency, who knows? But at the end of the day, they attach themselves to a supply. They will use that supply as much as they can in the process of destroying that supply because that's what they do. They destroy you. It gives them strength. These people are evil. We are not talking about those that have character flaws. We right. are talking about some deep-seated, this is why it doesn't make sense when it happens. That's true. It doesn't this make sense when it happens. This is why you have no idea. Because when it happened to me, I literally, I was telling you about it. I felt yeah. like I was losing yeah. my mind yeah. Yeah. because it was, it's like a... I don't, I don't know how else to say it. It was like a sneak attack because it happened so quick that it was like, I didn't know I was on a battlefield. That is the discard. And that's interesting that you say that because one of the things that happens when you're in a relationship with an excessive taker is the trauma bond. So I'm going to get a little chemical with you right now. Okay. Okay. There are chemicals that are involved here. Now, some of you might know these terms. I'm going to say them. Oxytocin, that's the love hormone. Okay. Dopamine, that's the reward hormone yeah. serotonin your mood stabilizer one that i've always suffered from mm -hmm. uh endorphins those are painkillers natural painkillers okay. and then your cortisol that gets released when you have stress now the human body is not designed to be a roller coaster right a traumatic event and a response that releases cortisol that takes some time to like get over but when you are in a relationship with an excessive taker and you get past that love bombing stage what happens is a roller coaster of oxytocin dopamine which creates your serotonin to go nuts then you get little things in the devaluation stage you get little things called breadcrumbs that's those little moments where they're super great those are breadcrumbs that is to release again that oxytocin and those act like endorphins and all the stress. So basically what I'm saying is one minute they love you and they're all over you. And the next minute, I don't know, maybe you farted and they got all pissed off. And the next thing you know, they talk about you. They talk about your friends. Oh, that's the other thing. Isolation, right? They, I, I guess they can have all the friends they want, but you can't have any. So in my situation, I was basically just left at home to raise some kids. Mm. That's what happened to me. 
But whenever my man would come home and be like, get dressed, we going out, there was those breadcrumbs, y'all. I was like, kind of excited, except he would pick a fight with me in the car on the way there, and then I wasn't really 100%. But excessive takers are infamous for setting something off, and then when you react, they stand there, maybe with a little smirk, and they're like, what's wrong, what's with, wrong you? with you? You're not stable. Are you crazy? And it starts fucking with your mental. It's a, because we're not designed to have that chemical imbalance. One of the biggest things that happens is unexplained weight loss or weight gain. Your body is literally stressed out all the time. It causes serious issues with your health over a period of time. Oh. And this is one of the other reasons why we're sharing today is because people need to know this stuff is not talked about. Right. Yes. It's a big deal. Yes. And we've we've talked, Tree and I have talked about wanting to get someone that shared more of an experience versus us talking about what we know, being able to get more of that personal experience, which is what you're bringing in. So at the end of the day, there are definitions for this stuff. There are chemical reactions to this stuff. To wrap up my experience, after what happened on Thanksgiving, the next day, which was Thanksgiving, I was so drained. I was literally sitting. No energy. Wait, so wait, what happened on Thanksgiving then? My husband cooked all of Thanksgiving, you know, came to me in the room. I'm laying there lifeless, and he's like, oh, you know, I apologize for everything, and uh, if it's okay with you, I'm going to go ahead and cook dinner today. And, you know, he just tried to be that guy but if you look at the phone bill he was a busy beaver and so I speed up to December I'll take you to the most recent because I think you get all the in between so on December 23rd actually there was before December 23rd about four or five things happened to lead up to December 23rd so the first thing that happened a few days earlier my husband thought it was appropriate to post on WhatsApp the one thing I was still a friend he posted this video that basically said certain people were going to hell and it was very personal to me it was like kind of just putting me out there blemished so of course i'm an aggressive communicator i message him hey why'd you what's up with that no why'd you post that that's rude And the response I got from him was like, here we go again. You're always trying to control me. Not everything is about you. That's the other thing y'all need to pay attention to with these excessive takers is how they're talking to you and how they're treating you. Because you know what? We are responsible for what we put up with. The trauma bond and the love bombing, it makes it difficult. It makes it confusing, Mm -hmm. especially if you already suffer from low Mm self-esteem or a history of depression, or Mm -hmm. maybe your parents were narcissists, whatever the case may be. When you get something so amazing and so good in your life, Mm -hmm. you want it to last. And when all of a sudden it starts to turn on you, most of us who are not excessive takers, we start to become self-aware. A narcissist or an excessive taker will never, listen to me, never take accountability for their actions. It will always be somebody else's fault. They will word salad you. Uh, Word salad? Word salad. Word salad is a round and round and round and round and round. Word salad. To the point where you literally don't even know how we started here. They will gaslight you. Mm. They will stonewall you. 
they will do all the things to make you think that it's you. Yes. Okay? Yes. So, first there was that video. Then, the next day, I find a credit card bill with a hotel charge on it. Oh, that charge was like, you know, 48 bucks. And do you know that I was scared to even ask him about it? And that's the egg other shells. thing. The w- yes, ma'am. Eggshells. I'm, 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 I'm well-versed in eggshells. Mm-hmm. So I bring it up, and right away he's like, oh, it was for breakfast. And I'm like, that's funny because the calendar says you were supposed to be here, so how were you here? And when he said breakfast, y'all, he said, by myself, like real quick, right? <laughs> not only did I not know about the credit card, which I'm going to be real, the financial infidelity, I, I kind of had to learn to eat shit on that one. Because he had been acting like that. But never did I ever think anything adultery or infidelity. Why? Because he was home every night. Because he texted me a million times every day. He would send me pictures of where he was. Tell me where he was going. When he got there. I did not know. Except except for our constant arguing. And I'm going to be honest. My spouse is a misogynistic, homophobic something-something. So I knew that he was a jerk. I just figured he was my jerk to deal with, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know he was community dick. Stay tuned. Yeah. So first there was the video, and his reaction was BS. Then there was the credit card, and his answer was BS, followed by, I can't believe you're snooping through my stuff. What? What? I'm your wife. Then... There was a total, obvious, disrespectful change in both his communication with me over the phone and in person. I'm talking about stuff like, uh, I'm on my way home. Okay, I'm going to the mall. For what? Don't ask me what I'm doing. That's controlling. I don't answer to you. I'm grown. I'm grown. I was like, is this this person a crackhead? What is going on? Only to come home and then stand in front of me with this look of disgust like I messed up. So at this point, at this point, y'all, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Because everybody's got their breaking point. The very next day, I had to ask this person for a financial document that I needed for something that he was well aware of. And when I tell you I'm out shopping with one of my kids and I see this text message of this financial document with the financial information needed redacted, redacted. For those of you who don't know, that means blacked out. So the pay was blacked out. The hours were blacked out from a pay stub. And my response was, what the hell is this? And his response was, I know you're trying to see how much I work. I was like, what? So at that moment, y'all, at that moment, y'all, I told Satan that I was no longer going to be able to put anything into the marriage, that we needed to switch into business mode, wrap up our affairs, and kick rocks. That was until, dun, 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 the next day when... Because that night he came home, acting all blah, blah, blah. The next day, something inside of me. It's, all, it's, that it's, always, it's always something I inside. Said, I, said, I said, let me look at that phone bill. <laughs> the, phone, the phone bill that I pay for, by the way. As a matter of fact, I paid for most bills. That's the other thing about an excessive taker. 
they gonna take all your what? money, y'all. Oh my God, your money, your credit. Your money, your credit, your your figure. Your figure. They, they purposely destroy your figure so nobody else wants you. Thank you, your mental stability. Your mental stability, your dreams and goals. Your dreams I can't tell you that I can't complete my goals because this person sabotages it every time. Thank you. So. Not to mention your hormones is going up and down. Hormones. You got all these chemicals going up and down. You're getting big or small. You don't know if things are right or wrong. And believe you me, any of you listening to this that ever had a rash and didn't know why go to the doctor because chances are mm. all right so now we're at the dun 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 <laughs> it was a tuesday no, i'm just kidding <laughs> so so i so i call the dude and i said hey who did you call this morning and here's what had happened i looked at that phone bill and i saw mia 4 a.m or Mm. And I said, that's it. Ding, ding, ding. So I called, I called homie and I said, hey, who did you call? He's like, what? Right? Usually it's good morning. Good morning, my queen. What? I said, who did you call this morning? I didn't call anybody this morning. What are you talking about? I said, who did you text? Oh, you checking on me again. You trying to find something. You checking on I said, who did you text? When I tell you. This person freaked out so bad, started cursing me out, hung up on me, hung up on me like a little girly girl, like 13 times. Here I am calling back. Who just, what, what, what are you talking about? I mean, the phone calls went to text messages. I literally texted, bro, your reaction is a bit much. <laughs> what are you going through? At this time, I'm still clueless. You have to understand this. I'm still clueless. So then he's like, oh, that's that's so-and-so. He tried to say that it was a man, a manager. And I'm like, well, why is this manager? Why? Okay. I said, who is it? And he said, call it then. Oh, I mean, to me, that just translated to permission. Of that's, course. That's, that's if someone is. says do it. And I'm going to be honest, my entire marriage, I never had the desire, the urge, or anything to do anything like that. I never felt... I've been in relationships where I felt like I needed to check something. Yeah. This was not that, okay? So I called that number, and I'm going to be real. When I dialed those 10 digits, because there was an area code, when I dialed those digits, there was a brief moment in my head where I was like, is my husband gay? Is he sleeping with the male manager? Oh, my That's God. how clueless I was when Miss Thang answered the phone. Okay. Oh, God. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my gosh. He answers the phone. I'm on speakerphone. And Wait, I'm, is he around then? When no, he's at work. Is he around? He was never around. That was the problem. <laughs> so you call. It's so on I speaker. Called, and it's on speaker. She answers. She, answers she says, hello. She says, hello. And I say, good morning. Who is this? And she's like, uh, uh, you called me. And I said, yes, I did. My name is Kim. I'm married to so-and-so. I'd like to know why. Get this, y'all. You're texting my husband 400 times in 18 days. Oh, I did the math. Mm-hmm. For, actually, forgive me. Correction. 396 times. My bad. It did become 400, but that was later that day. So 396 times in, in 18 days, and then an additional 150 times two weeks prior to that. I told y'all I'd been watching, right? So I asked her, and right away she said, what? We're friends. 
Okay, I don't know about y'all. Flying yeah, no. monkeys. Yeah, no. Before the flying monkey. A okay. flying monkey is basically a, a supply of the narcissist that they amp up that will always be their pit bull. They usually can be in the form of new supplies. They okay. can also be family members. Don't even get me started on my spouse's sisters and how they told me to kick rocks. But anyway, I digress. So um, I asked her who she was. She did not want to give me her name. She said she was a friend of my husband. And then I continued to ask her why. And she said, you got to ask him. You got to ask him. You got to ask him. And then she said, God bless you and hung up the phone. What? Are you serious? I think it's important to recognize that with these masks, everybody that is an excessive taker to an extreme that wears these masks covertly, my excessive taker used God as his mask. So I started doing a lot of research on these women. And trust me, if they were believers in God, if they wore a cross around their neck, that was his prey. And that was one of the ways that he would get in. Oh, it gets real. So wait, do do you know how many women there were involved? What? I'm sorry. How many? (laughs) Let me rephrase the question. Let me put it like this. Let, let me put it let me put it like this. So I first uncovered the phone number from the one chick. And then when I called him and called him back and he's screaming at me, what do you want? And I said, well, I just spoke to your girlfriend. So you lied to me. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, infidelity. You're a liar. That's all I got, though. That's all I was at was the infidelity, right? My husband came home and moved out. He didn't say one word. He came home, he got all his stuff, and he moved out. I might want to add that this was um, the day before Christmas Eve. He left me and my daughter. I had recently lost my job right after Thanksgiving. I had no food in my fridge. He completely came. Well, I called the non-emergency police, so the police were there. He came, he got every single piece of clothing that he owned, and he moved out. He didn't so much as look at me, and that was when I called that phone number. He was gone. On Christmas Day, I called him to ask about a bill. I was scared. And he had nothing to say to me, but he wanted to know when I was leaving the house so he could move back in. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Then he started talking about my family. On the 26th, he tried to come back into the house. Now, I told him straight up, your name's on this place. I can't keep you out, right? Some of you are thinking, why didn't you file something? Because I did not. I knew I was going to divorce him at that point. I didn't feel the need to file any type of injunction, okay? But he tried to come back on the 26th. And I'm going to tell you all right now. Oh, sorry. He came back with the same behavior. Not only that, y'all, but he put all of his clothes back in my bedroom in my closet, his underwear, his socks, in my drawer. I had no idea. I was in my office working. When I came out and saw that, I started to freak out. This is called reactive abuse. What? So you didn't even know he came back? No, he texted me and said, first he kept trying to say, can I come back? He wanted my approval. And I said, no, it's not a good idea. But you see, the empath in me also said, It is your place. I can't stop you. And this is what I was referring to earlier when I said they they intentionally target certain types. 
Yeah. It's usually people who are strong, people yeah. who have things who are going on for them, and like Tree said, empaths. And the other thing that is horrible for the empath, but amazing for the narcissist, is when that empath delivers all information on a platter. So let me go back to the beginning for a second. Remember when I said that God gave me a little to-go package just for me? Yeah. Because what do we do in the beginning of a relationship? We share, right? Yeah. So what an excessive taker does is they listen. And they listen to all of your vulnerabilities, all of your pros and cons. And they have a plate of exactly how to manipulate and destroy you. It's deep, y'all. When I say evil... It is spiritual warfare. I don't know who is listening that is a believer, but it is spiritual warfare. And I'm going to tell you right now that the devil sends his own to destroy anybody that walks with their higher power strongly. Okay? So there's another thing about narcissists that some people might know, some might not know. When they're confronted. Now, first of all, you got to understand, only those close enough to that narcissist is going to see this behavior. Correct. Friends, family, Correct. co-workers, they ain't going to see it. But the wife and kids, yes. they're abused every single day. Yes. I didn't even know I was abused until December 27th when I had that reactive abuse and was slamming my door. You know what my spouse did? He tried to take his camera and record me. He was smiling and he said, oh, no, it's not safe here. I think I need to call the police. So anyway. What? The next day. The next day. that mo- I had to calm down. The next day I went. You to- think? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The next day I put myself in therapy. And I, I did something called gray rocking. Gray rocking is really one of the only ways to deal with a narcissist except for no contact. But unfortunately, I can't no contact because I'm involved with children, right? Right. Gray rocking is where you are emotionless. You're not giving a reaction. You're just very, like, mm-hmm. you know, melancholy. Yeah. A narcissist thrives on constant validation. They yes. need it for their ego. So earlier we talked about that grandiose behavior. They think they're special. Um, they think that um, everybody loves them, that they're better than everybody. Um, just just all kinds of... You guys can all do your Google research on the elements. And keep in mind, there's only about one or two elements that separate a narcissist from a sociopath, from a psychotic. Keep yeah. that in mind. And I'm yeah. going to let all y'all out there know, don't test anybody's crazy. You're never going to win an argument with an excessive taker. Never. You are just going to go to the loony bin. That's what's going to happen, okay? So after I had that reactive abuse and my eyes became wide open, Mm -hmm. I got him out. I gray rocked at that kitchen table and I said, you're going to get your things, put put it in your car, you got to go. And even though he had a full-on temper tantrum and threatened to not give me financial support, this take the kids away, this, that, and the other, he definitely got all his stuff and got in the car and left. And I promise you... When they do that, it's because they have another supply. It's not because their marriage is so bad. How come I was the last to know that my marriage was so bad? So, dun, dun, dun. While I'm sitting at that table, y'all, and I'm gray rocking this guy and telling him you need to leave, I'm dialing more of these phone numbers. What? Because for me... I felt like I needed more. 
it just wasn't making sense to me. Mm -hmm. I already knew the marriage was over because like I told you with that pay stub redacted for me, that yeah, was, I was done. Yeah. It was too much. Yeah. And then with the infidelity, yeah, it hurt, but it just wasn't adding up. Well, I'm going to tell y'all, he had been gone. It was like a couple of hours later. And that little blessing from heaven done called me on my phone. And I found out she had been screwing my husband for eight years. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Can we roll back to the fact that you said you've been married for 12, over 12 years? Yes. I was just going to say you said 12, together for 13, married for 12. So for eight years. For eight years, she, she met him at one of the jobs that he worked at had no idea he was married and she was young when they met that's another thing i'm pretty sure this dude like i'm young but anyway um she at first she didn't want to share with me a lot she felt weird yeah. but then she was like you know what f it i'm gonna just share everything with you because i myself am going through a pretty bad breakup and it was hard for her and i asked all the raunchy questions don't even ask me why but she confirmed that they had been having sex. I asked her where they were having sex. I'm trying to figure out, was this dude in my house, in my car? What was, she said locations, locations. I remember locations when I first got with him too. It was painful, but it was necessary. And she told me the pattern and she explained to me how he always seemed to be around when her life was a mess. That's the other thing. They will target people that are going through something yes. because they become easier to manipulate. They come in and act like, like they want to help you. Like, like they're saviors. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of you out there might be listening to me thinking, oh my God, this happened to me. And this is why I'm giving you these buzzwords because it's important to understand that it happens, that it's not you. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It is us to a degree. We have to take responsibility and accountability for the way we allow other people to treat us. And this is hard because you know what happens? We never fell in love with the excessive taker. We fell in love of the idea of love. We fell in love of the idea of being a part of something, but somewhere along the line, we settled for less than what we knew we deserved. So even though I sit up here and I share with you so raw, all of my experiences and emotion, I also want every single one of you out there to understand your worth and that nobody can take that from you unless you allow it to happen. Get yourself into some therapy. Start talking in front of your phone. Uh, Siri will give you all the little reels that you need to start working on some self-help and get yourself a support group and talk about it with people and keep it real because this stuff is happening. Now, it can be men. It can be women. It can be between children and parents. That We could do another topic on that, okay? Yeah, but it's important to understand that you are not crazy and you have to trust your gut. Mm -hmm. I chose to dig. And what I uncovered was a rabbit hole of deception, deceit, betrayal, and lies. And I'm going to tell you right now, I had to talk to my excessive taker today, unfortunately. That person never admitted a thing. That person is still in complete denial. That person says that I kicked them out, that I told them they can't come back. But you know what else they're doing? They're not communicating with me. They're not trying to save a marriage. They're not even trying to say, 
I'm sorry I made you feel that way. Instead, they say, sorry you feel that way. They say, you know I love you. You know I always want to take you out. You know you're my joy. While they're posting on social media little bits and things to try to get attention, talking about God separated me so that I could be ready for the next level. This man done, I brought the Bible out, y'all. This man was such a Bible thumper that he refused to even play cards with me. I was worried about our future. What we going to do when we 90? He won't play cards. (laughs) He won't play board games. None of that, right? And so that that day uh, before the gray rocking, and I'm asking him these and I'm looking right out I looked him dead in the face and I said I see right through you mm-hmm. I know what you've done meanwhile I didn't even know about the adultery yet okay mm-hmm. I said I see right through you I know what you've done I said you played me our entire marriage was fake mm-hmm. you literally married me to piss off your ex-wife and you have been abusing her because that was the other thing there's something called triangulation Excessive, I'm, I'm well versed in excessive that. takers <laughs> use other people and try to create this pseudo competition. Yes. And have you play? So, for example, the new supply will know everything about you. You won't even know the new supply existed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what happened to me. I was a second wife. Mm-hmm. And not only me, but everybody who knew us. Because my husband, mm-hmm. he done doted me around like I was a Gucci bag. Everybody around us knew that his ex-wife was psycho. I was warned, don't marry him. His ex-wife is psycho. And about, I would say probably a year ago, I started saying to my husband, you know, I don't think it's her. (laughs) I started talking to my husband about narcissism more than a year ago. I was giving him facts, explaining to him, listen, I think you might have some tendencies, dude. I think we might need to talk about this. So I'm telling you, I did give him everything on a platter. And all they do is turn around and use it against you. And to this day, he is using gaslighting, stonewalling, manipulation, and and they try to keep all of their supplies. So of course, once he got busted with me, He's calling his ex-wife, a person that he couldn't even talk to unless it was on the Talking Parent app. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, he calling like, hey, like they friends. Mm-hmm. Too bad yeah. she called me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was a pretty surreal conversation, but it's what was best for the children. And I'm going to tell you right now, no matter what has happened in my family, my babies will always be first. No matter what. You don't have to birth somebody to be responsible for somebody. I'm going to tell you that right now. That is right. And so if that's my only purpose in this, besides a very entertaining episode of We Played Outside. You know what? I know know my ex played outside. What? He was always outside, it sounded like. Oh, my gosh. my rabbit hole uncovered the closure that I needed. Mm. However, the trauma bond is still there. And I am still, it's not the easiest thing. Even though you're like, yo, this, because remember, this is different from like somebody being mad at you or like things not working out. You can pinpoint it. This is different. You can pinpoint these people are out to get you. Correct. They, for so you some, can't pinpoint it. It's like this God complex where they feel that you somehow have offended them because they're always the victim. 
Always. And they have to punish you. Yes. So I could very well just be punished because I'm a woman. Yes. And it all comes down to whatever they got going on from way back in the day. It has nothing to do with us yet. When you're in it for a long time, like I was, it, it, it's like you lose yourself. Anybody yes. out there that's listening to me that feels like, you know what? I don't even know who I am anymore. Ask yourself a few questions right now. If you could go to a restaurant and order anything, what would you eat? I guarantee you, you're going to pick what your man would order. Mm. How about you ask yourself, if you had the day off today, what would you want to do? I guarantee you, you will start defaulting to what you would do with your family. Mm. We lose ourselves and we just become this empty shell after a while. If you can identify this, if it's happening in your life or if you even have a friend that's going through it, just know that you're not crazy. That's the moral of this story. Mm. You are not crazy. Mm. And you deserve way more than what you're settling for. Mm -hmm. So as far as getting out of it, that's a whole other episode. I'm just here today to share with you the fresh hot tea. (laughs) Literally. Literally. (laughs) And, And to express how important it is to love yourself and never ever let anybody take that from you. And if they did, you just go ahead and take it right back. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. So, Kim, thank you so, so, so much. Mm. This is way, I mean, I, Tree told me a little bit about what we would be talking about, but I had no idea the level of detail and trauma that you've had to go through. But so appreciative that you're able to share your story because others I promise you there's others that either are going through some level of it or they know someone that is. And they can identify with it. Because that's the key thing for me was not, for me it was not feeling like I had lost my mind because that's what I felt like, that I lost my mind. Not recognizing you've been traumatized by an excessive taker. So, yeah, thank you, Kim. Yeah, thank you. If you have any thoughts or questions or anything you'd even like us to give to Kim, you can email us at weplayedoutside at gmail.com. Um, if you want to visit us to see videos of Tree and I, mm-hmm. Kim is not included in this video, but you can go to YouTube, Spotify. We have a couple of videos loaded. Yeah. You can check out our social media at Instagram and Facebook. And then if you want to hear more of our audio podcast, you can go to Apple, Spotify, iHeart, and Amazon Music. Mm-hmm. That wraps it up for us for today. I don't even know how we... Normally we ended and we're like, we played outside, but this shit right here was just... <laughs> you I'm gotta dis- still do it. Still dis- do it. I'm distressed we, right now. We played outside. Yes. Okay. And, our, and our parents knew where we was at. <laughs> That part. That part. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All right, everyone. So thank you again, Kim. Thanks, everyone. And I'm TJ. And I'm Tree. And And we we played played outside. outside.